This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Parshas told us Tavshin Payalov. In this parsha, we introduced to Yaakov and Esav. After the parsha tells us of the difficulty in pregnancy that Rivka had, it tells us about the birth of Esav and Yaakov. Then the parsha tells us Vigdul Hanarim, and the boys grew up. The Esav issued the Sayed Ishsada, and Esav was a man of the field. A man who knew how to trap. A hunter, an expert hunter. The Yaakov Ishtam, Yoshev Ahol. Yaakov was a straightforward person. Yoshev Ahol, he sat in the tents. When you look at the Psukim, it's interesting that the word Yoshev is spelled Yud Shin Vez. It's missing a Vav, it's a Chaser. It should be spelled Yud Vav Shin Vez. Why is it Yud Shin Vez? Now, it's no big deal because there are many Psukim, many words in this parsha that are missing letters. And Rashi explains. So if you look in the Rashi over here, Rashi says, Yoshev Aholim. Rashi explains, Olo shall shame, Olo shall ever. Rashi skips over the fact that Yoshev is missing a vav and explains the plural of tents. Yaakov would sit in the Vesmedish in the tents of shame and ever. What happened to the missing vav? So it's interesting. Rashi maybe doesn't have to explain it because in the, in the previous two parashios, we had the same word Yoshev and over there, they're also missing a vav. So if we look back in Parshas Vayera, Perikutes, the Pasuk says, The two malachim came to Sodom. Sodom in the evening. The Lot Sodom. Lot was sitting by the gate of the city of Sodom. And Rashi explains why is the word Yoshev over there missing a vav? Yoshav ksiv. So you can read it as Yoshav. That day, he was appointed a judge. And therefore, it's missing a vav to say this is not a long-term thing. This just happened today. We see a similar thing in Parshas Chayisara. The puzzle tells us in Parshas Chayisara, when Avram wants to buy the burial plot from Ephron, the Ephron Yoshev is Ches. And over there, also the word Yoshev is missing a vav at the beginning of Parak of Gimel, Pasuk Yud. And over there, Rashi says the same thing. Ksiv Yoshav, Ksiv Chasar, because it's missing a letter. Why? Osa Yoyminuhu Shoter. That was the day he became an officer. In other words, when it's missing of it tells us that that day is when it happened. It's not a long-term thing. If that's the case, what does it mean over here when it says Yaakov was Yoshev Aholam? He was sitting in the tent, but it's missing of Does that mean to say that it was only that day that Yaakov started to learn? And this idea that Yaakov was his big Tamachacham always learning is not true. He explains with David Feinstein, Zechat Sadik Levracha, explains with David that indeed the Rashi didn't have to explain over here why it's missing a vav because he explained in the past two parshios. When the word Yoshev is missing a vav, it means it just happens, just today. However, what does it mean Yaakov was just sitting in the tent Yoshev Aholam? So he says, just like in Shema, we say, it should be these words, that I command you today. And the Gemara says, really? We were just commanded the mitzvahs today? We were commanded the mitzvahs hundreds, thousands of years ago. And the Gemara explains, we should approach the mitzvahs, not as if they're done and boring and so familiar to us. We should approach the mitzvahs every day as if we just received it today. It should be so exciting to us. We should do it with with such sense of newness 
and enjoyment that it's as if we just got them today. He explains with David Feinstein's itself. That's what it means over here by Yaakov Ishtam Yosheh Baholam. Yaakov didn't approach the yeshiva every day like, oh no, another day. How am I going to get through today? What time is lunch? What time is supper? Yaakov approached, approached each day of learning in the base Medrash as if it was his first day there with a sense of excitement and a sense of adventure, newness, a freshness. And that's why it's missing above over here. That being the case, it leads us to another question of how it's possible a such disparity between Yaakov and Esau. Yaakov wasn't just someone who learned. Yaakov was the best of the best. And now we find Esau wasn't just the worst. But the Averus said he did, he was the worst of the worst. How is it possible for a set of parents like Yitzchak and Rivka to have two children who are so different? And explains to Rav Shamshin and Fal Hirsch with a bit of, of Musa, a bit of criticism on whatever level that is. The Pasuk says, The boys grew up. He said, how is it possible that they grew up together? Until the age of 13, you couldn't tell them apart. They both did the right things. And he explains to Sham Shafal Hirsch that because Yaakov and Esau each had their own personality, they should have been brought up differently. Because the way you bring up a child makes all the difference. And since they're brought up the same, Esau's powers, Esau's talents, Esau's preferences were not channeled properly. And that's how you can end up having such a terrible child like Esau. It makes such a difference of how we bring up our children when they, were, when they are young. We can't just say, let them do it, let them do it, they're young. And when they're older, they'll understand. No, their whole mindset, their whole outlook in life happens when they're young. Two years ago, in the summer, in B'nai Brak, in Ertishol, it was very, very hot. And one of the schools decided they're going to go and rent out a water park in a nearby city. They can rent it out for the whole school. It was a large school. And they built up this trip. And the kids were very, very excited. And then the big day came. And the buses rolled in. Everybody climbed on the buses. They were so excited by this trip. And they traveled. And they finally arrived to the water park. And they came there and they realized it was a big problem. The water park was rented out to a girls' school. And as we were speaking to the water park, it turned out that somebody made a mistake in the scheduling and they were really scheduled on the same date but the next month. They had no choice. The principal comes back and tells all the kids, all right, guys, we're getting back on the bus. We're going back. And the kids were just so disappointed. They were devastated. It's not fair. It's so hot. How come we're He said, look, there was a mistake, but don't worry. We're going to come back in a month from now. The kids didn't buy it. They had no choice. They went back on the bus. But they were devastated. They were not very happy at all. And there was moaning and groaning and complaining and bad talk on the way back. And all of a sudden, one kid gets up there and he starts to tell everybody, a sixth grader, he says, what's the problem? This is what Hashem wanted. And he starts to sing, Ashreinu matov chalkeinu umanayim garaleinu. Ashreinu, how wonderful is our lot. Whatever Hashem does for us is the best. And he started to sing. And, and it, was, it was catchy. And everyone started to sing with him and they had a great experience on that bus. When the buses came back, the kids got out, they let them run around, not to go straight back to class. And the rebellion were together, they were talking, and a moaning and groaning what happened on the bus. And one of them said, what do you mean, on my bus? The kids were singing and they were joyful and happy. I said, what, what happened on your bus? And he told them how this kid got up there and he started to say everything that happens for the best. And he started to sing, Ashreinu matov chalkeinu umanoyim garaleinu. And another rebellion says, really? The same thing happened on my bus. 
Except in my bus, it was a third grader. A third grade kid got up and he started to say, what's the problem? This is what Hashem did. It's obviously for our best. And he started to sing, Well, it didn't take more than a second for them to realize that these two brothers, the third grader and the sixth grader, were brothers. They were brothers. And when the Manal, when the principal heard the story, he was floored. He went right away and he called up these the parents of these children. And he told them what happened. And the parents were very thankful for that Nachas phone call. But then the Manal, the principal said, tell me, how did you do it? There's obviously, if two brothers can do this, there's obviously something that you're doing at home. What's your secret? Share it with me, please, so I can share it with everybody. And the mother said, I'll tell you what happened. A few weeks ago, we were out shopping, getting some things, and it was hot, and the kids asked for some ice cream. So we went to the store, we bought some ice cream, we waited to eat it in the car. As we're driving back, I looked at the ice cream, and I realized that the hefsher on the ice cream, the kosher certification on the ice cream, was not one that we recognized. And we're discussing, well, is it kosher, is it not kosher, can we eat it, can we not eat it? And I said, you know what, let's not take a chance, let's not eat it. And the kids were very disappointed. And I saw they weren't very happy. I didn't want to end the day that way. So we came home. I said, you know what? I took out some ice cream from the freezer. And I gave them ice cream from the freezer. And they were very happy. They didn't complain anymore. Later, when my husband came home, I told them what happened. And in front of the kids, I complimented them to their father that even though they really, really wanted to have the ice cream in the car, they were very hot, but they didn't eat it. And as a reward, when we came home, I gave them some ice cream. And Paul says, that's it? For such an unbelievable thing, that's all they get is ice cream? Come, everybody into the car. They went into the car. They drove to the grocery store. He told his kids can take whatever they want. And they start to fill up their car with all sorts of candy and nosh and ice cream. They came home. He asked his wife to set the table. They set up the table beautifully. And all the children of the family came. And they had a nosh feast. They had a suda on nosh and ice cream and candy. And then the father got up and he started to dance with them. He started to sing. How lucky we are, we have the Torah. And we're able to listen to it. And it gives us such a beautiful life. And he explained to them that everything that happens is a test from Hashem. And it's the ability for us to pass that test. You guys passed that test. I'm so proud of you. And now we're making a Suda to celebrate. And the principal realized where these two kids got it from. They got it from their house. They got it from their parents. It's all in the attitude. We cannot choose what happens to us. All we can choose is our reaction. And remember, we don't have to worry about our children listening to us. Let us remember that they're watching what we do and what we say. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.